The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to Expect the Unexpected, a PoppyChuloRadio.com original series. Poppy Chula Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Monday, August 7th, 2023, and I'm your host, Jeffrey Aruz. During this podcast, we'll be having an in-depth discussion on CBS's Big Brother. Please welcome my co-host, my fellow house guest, Michael Pena. What's up, people? All right, Michael. We've got a lot to discuss this was episode two showing us day one ish inside the big brother house well day one plus and uh, let's get into it and we start off where we left off with the house guests entering the house after all those crazy competitions about the various uh you know worlds in the bb multiverse uh, to see who would not be HOH, but who would end up being nominated. And inside that BB house is Sari Fields, a.k.a. Uh, Survivor Legend, Queen of Survivor, Queen of the Traitors. We see everybody reacting to it. We clearly get Jared's reaction to his mom being in the house. We also learned through the episode that they knew that they would see each other. So he knew that she would be playing the game. This wasn't a surprise for him, but he's acting surprised because everybody else is. And we also see that, and I can't believe I said this (laughs) the last time. Remember I said, you know, I don't think there's going to be like a crazy fan (laughs) that's going to have her on like her social media that will recognize that Jared is her son, but lo and behold, there was a crazy fan that follows her on social media and that knows that Jared is her son, and that person is Izzy. And we see Izzy basically bum-rush Jared, and it, and she's like... I know, but don't worry, you're good. You promise, pinky promise, pinky promise with a little kiss on the hand. Like, it was like a whole situation. And I'm thinking to myself, why is she being so loud in front of all these people? Like, it was, it seemed loud. I don't know if it was as loud there as it was presented on the television. But I was like, did at least three people in the, the general vicinity hear this? It looks like not, but but I don't know. Let's talk about this. Sari meeting the house guests, the house guests, you know, chatting with each other, Izzy knowing. Break it down for me, Michael Pena. I mean, that was crazy because I think on the last podcast, I can't remember. I thought for some reason someone had told me, like, oh, Jerry already spilled the beans because they already had seen the lives. I guess that got up quick. Anyways. And uh, I was like, man, that was fast. But then you called it. You legit said there's no way someone's going to know. Even I mean, I'm a fan of Survivor, but I don't stalk them on Instagram like Izzy did. And it was scary and fun to see at the same time. Like immediately as soon as she saw Sari, she knew, oh, that's the sun. It goes up to him. And if you notice, Jerry's like pulling her away. Like, whoa, whoa, you know, like 
come this way, come this way, you know, like getting out of earshot. Because like you said, I don't think it was as loud as we think it was because, you know, it's the mic. They put up the volume, right? Because he's trying to speak really low. But she was a little loud. And it's going to be an interesting play because I was watching it with my wife. And I was like, okay, two things can happen. One, she they're, they're stuck with her. It's a forced uh, alliance with her because she knows the secret. She's got to, like, she has to be a part of the group. But I was like, okay, if she's that giant of a fan, it could work greatly for them or be a huge detriment to them. I think it's going to work in their favor if she can stay cool. Uh, I mean, it's going to be very interesting to see how it all plays out. But having Sari there and having knowing that Jared and Sari are like, okay, made it interesting. Again, you brought up another great point. Did they know? And I think you kind of called it that they kind of had to have known. It's kind of hard to keep that type of secret whether they intended it or not. And so it's going to be interesting because you basically have people who knew each other kind of like already have a game plan in sight. But this Izzy throws a wrench in their plans. And I'm very curious to see how they play it. Sari's amazing at it. But I wonder if they're going to okay, yeah, you're our friend for now, but I wonder if they have a chance to get rid of Izzy. They're going to do it. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think they should keep Izzy, or should they cut her as soon as they get the chance to? This is incredibly difficult, because it's only a couple days into the competition. So know, it, right? it is very hard to... I'm about to say this, but now I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to con- kind of contradict myself with the next thing that I'm going to say. Because in my mind right now, I'm thinking, it's very hard to gauge someone early on in the game. But I'm talking about that, like, as a viewer. When you're in the game, like, you have to kind of almost immediately trust people. Because you have to start forming alliances. Because you need protection for yourself. And in the case of Sari and Jared, you need protection for both of them. So, unfortunately, they're kind of stuck with Izzy. And if Izzy is explosive... If Izzy's the type of person that ends up rubbing, you know, 95% of the house wrong, they're kind of stuck with her, in a sense. Now, can I see Sari doing something incredibly sneaky where she, in essence, doesn't get the blood on her hands and uh, someone takes a shot at Izzy? It would probably have to be a backdoor situation. And I think it would have to be to the point to where she does something incredibly egregious to both uh, Sari and Jared for Sari to be like, all right, we got to cut this bitch. It's also very early on, and uh, we do have to remember that very early on in the season, very early on in the game, it's a game of numbers. So... You know, you got to think about, like, how many people do you have on your side? We have to remember the cookout. The cookout, I mean, the cookout is very different, so I'm not trying to compare the situation. But the, 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 the element that I'm trying to compare with the cookout is they didn't all like each other, but they all stuck together for the cause. So that's a little bit different. Yeah, It is a little bit different, but in essence what I'm saying is they didn't all like each other, but they did stick together until the end, and that's when they started cutting people. You know, because that, you, you only have your alliance left. Like, will that happen with Sari? Because clearly that's a different cause than what we have here now. But could Sari, like, hold out until, like, maybe jury or something? If uh, Izzy starts becoming problematic... And by problematic, I mean a problem 
for what Suri is trying to do. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Um, yeah, but it is a situation that I would personally hate because you're being forced to pair with someone that you don't know anything about, nor do you know, you know, what they're going to be like in a group setting. And, yeah, and, and that's them. kind of difficult. That could be kind of, um, you know, if, if you are the type of person that likes to have control over your alliance or your group members, I mean, that could be kind of uh, scary. You know, that's actually, that last one's actually very good because the way Suri's normal game is, she makes you think you're in control. And what I like about Izzy, the only positive I can see, she seems like a very crazy fangirl to her. Like, she doesn't even care about the game. She wants to make sure she's best friends with Sari outside the game. So I feel like it plays into their benefit, like, knowing that she's going to be legit protecting them. And who's going to think Izzy would even join up with Sari, much less Jared? You know what I mean? Like, they're, they're, they're very different in the way they approach, the way they're talking during the game. And I, I thought that was a, a potential to where... This might actually help Suri as a potential shield. Like, hey, man, you're my friend. I know I tell you all these cool survivor stories. Now help me. I think Suri is very good at playing that, which Corey brought up a very good point in his diary confessions. And he's, hey, for a guy I know you don't like very much, and I can say he's okay, he's very observant. And he knows how that he's not starstruck to where he's blinded by her. And at her strength is to make you feel comfortable on that you're her person. So it's going to be very cool to see how this plays out with the forced three, as I call them, with Jared, Suri, and Izzy. It will be very interesting. I will say, you know, because we do have a chance to reevaluate, uh, Corey wasn't as bad this episode. I will yeah, say that. I mean, yeah. I, I can, he's just cocky, dude. And I know what you mean. He kind of comes off smug, but like you said, I think as the seasons go on, it'll be interesting, right? It's hard to go off of first impressions, off the edits, how many times did they say that in the diary room to get it right? You know what I mean? So your evaluation was fair on first impression. All right. So, well, actually, you know what? Since we're talking about the house guests, because we are going to go in order and that sort of thing, but a lot of that is more competitions and and then who ends up being the target in the house. I want to get your take on Jared, because I wonder if you had a chance to reevaluate him <laughs> in the episode, because you went... You went hard on Jared. Like, you were like, he is yeah. the first one out. <laughs> he is not going to be good. Like, there's no way. Like, he, like, I'm sorry. I hate to tell you this, Jeffrey, but Jared is the first one out. <laughs> and uh, we have stuff that we have to discuss about who gets removed and that sort of thing. I don't want to dive into that. I just want to dive into Jared as a player. I, you know what? I I agree with you. He the way he was speaking, the way he has conversations. You, you know what, man? You, you were on the, you hit the nail on the head with the skill set that his mom has had. I, you know what? He's not, the far does not fall from far from the tree, man. He was very good. He's very convincing. He's very genuine and he's very calm about it. Cause there's, there's times when I want to say specifically male contestants they can be a little aggressive you know they, they got this adrenaline pumping they're in the game they got the alpha in them and they want to make sure they're good they want to make sure they got all this but he was like hey you know having a good conversation he's very relaxed he's non-forceful he's easy to get along with he's young i was he was smooth man i can this episode changed my mind on him I'm like okay and then even him telling his mom about uh kirsten 
Kirsten, excuse me. And I was like, okay, Jared, the observant one, the one taking in all this info, playing the game. Man, he he's way better than I gave him credit for, and I'm willing to admit I was initially wrong about him. All right, I love to see it. We are grown-ups here at Expect the Unexpected. If we were wrong, we will admit it. I like it. Very nice. All right. So let's get into what happens next in the episode. Let's talk about two different things that end up happening. Number one, the have-not room. And number two, I'm going to keep on laughing every time I have to say this because of you and what you said. But Corey returning from the nether region. (laughs) Dude, yeah. yeah. He called it the nether. The Nether, but still. He he plays Minecraft, but yeah, I get you. The Nether is nuts, but go on. It is. So the Have Not Room is being brought to you by the Humiliverse. It is a very ridiculous-looking room, although, if I'm being fully honest, it's not the worst Have Not Room that I've ever seen on Big Brother. Um, It actually looks weirdly comfortable. So, I mean, it's just the cheese bed is maybe the strangest Getting, like, used to sleeping on, like, a triangle versus a, a rectangle. But um, <laughs> it, it's it's not that bad, like I would say. The thing that's the most annoying is that to get out of the have-not room, you have to spin a little wheel, and you have to kick yourself in the butt, much like what we saw in the um, the, the competition in, in premiere night. You have to do that as many times as it says so that you can escape the room, I guess. Um, although I will say the contraption that they're using in the house looks easier to use than the one in the competition. So Yeah, it was all hardcore, you know, premiere night. And here it's like, okay, I guess they want to make it a little easier considering they're probably going to do it a lot to get the hell out of the damn room. So they want to make it manageable. Exactly. Exactly. And I was going to say, sorry mm-hmm. to continue off what you're saying. You're right. It's not the worst room. It's the most interesting looking because it looks semi-comfortable. Then again, right, it's just our observation. Maybe that cheese is hard as a rock. That uh, hot dog is really not as comfortable. It's actually a tiny space to lay down on. The only one that looked good to me was, like, the dog bed. Like, okay, you're sleeping on the, you know, like a carpet with really thick carpet, you know, softness, so that won't be horrible, but you're looking at the angles, you're looking at the sizes, you know, it's going to be interesting, you know, what they, how the house guests are really going to react to it affecting their game, right? It's the whole point of have not room, right? It's to affect your your game. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I agree with you. But the have not room has also been used to solidify alliances. So, you know, will it affect your game? Will it be beneficial to your game? Is it strategy? Stay tuned. Uh, the have-nots for the week are Jared, Hysom, Luke, and Corey. I just mentioned Corey because Corey, yes, he did return from Julie's <laughs> nether region. <laughs> and, um, and he returned with an announcement. Basically, it's a, it's a feed from the nether region And it said something to the gist of that Corey was just there temporarily, but someone will be there, you know, someone will be visiting the nether region again uh, on Thursday. Which made me think, are we having a battle back? Because I don't really think 
if you're just evicted from the house, you would be sent to the nether region. You know what I'm saying? Or is there some other punishment that's coming Thursday? Like, let's say if you're the first one to lose the HOH competition. Those are the only two options, I think. Either the person evicted goes to the nether region, and then there's a battle back situation, and or there's a nether region, maybe punishment, if you, like, let's say, are the first one out of the HOH. I don't really don't know what the punishment would be, though. Well, it brings up a good point. Well, two things. First off, I thought the message was they would be there longer. I didn't hear the... There would be there just for Thursday. Just the next person to go will be even longer. He's only gone an hour. Oh, that is true. Yes, yes, yes. It will be longer. So that's a huge thing because you got to have these conversations. That actually reminds me of uh, Survivor when they ask someone to go off into to another part of an island for like hours, or they don't get to come back till the tribal starts, and you're missing ten hours to have conversations with people to work up deals, or you might be the one on the out. So I thought that that was interesting. And two, if it did say Thursday, which I'm not sure if it did, but it would make it interesting because if it had it on Thursdays, the person evicted would go to the nether region. You know what I mean? Like it kind of worked out in that sense, having it them go on that day. Yeah, so we'll I agree see how with it you. continues on, you know. Yeah, I'm I'm so fascinated by what they're adding with that because if this is how they're gonna do the battle back, that might be kind of fascinating to watch. But I also like the mm-hmm. fact is, you know how some people throw comps right away? This could actually deter them from doing that because they're like, okay, the first two out, send to the nether regions, you're out of the house for so long. That's tough to do if you think you're a target or you think conversations are having behind your back or your relationship isn't that strong. That makes a big difference in my opinion. That is true. Yes. I guess we're going to have to wait and see to see how they handle this and or what the rules are and that sort of thing. Like, I don't know. I'm I'm incredibly fascinated by this. Like, I really I think am. it has a lot of potential, man. I really think that yes. I know they're kind of slow playing it out, kind of feeling it. And I feel like there's so much more you can do, especially if it's a new concept they kind of want to keep. If they can flush it out well this season, I can see it as something, you know, coming back. Because now it becomes a punishment. And a punishment that has actual effects, you know, in the game. Not just like, oh, I'm wearing a unitard. Or, oh, I'm wearing a costume. You know, this is like, man, I'm pulled away, isolated. You know, what's going on while I'm out? Mm-hmm. I agree. This whole thing is fascinating i need more information big brother (laughs) that's all i'm saying (laughs) like i need to know what this nether region is (laughs) and what the hell is going on in the nether because i need to know yeah i need to know i just need to know like what the hell does this mean got to know exactly (laughs) yes I'm assuming the have-nots also have to do with slop, even though we didn't even talk about slop. This is one of the things that I hate about the have-nots situation, because every season, it's like we talk less and less and less about the have-nots. And we don't know if they're on slop, we don't know what's going on. Like, it used to be a big deal if you're a have-not, remember? 
Like, yeah, they used to make a huge about deal about it. They would have the slop. Sometimes they would give them, like, a funky ingredient that they could also eat with the slop. Now it's just, oh, who wants to volunteer to be the have-nots? Okay, this is your room. And then probably <laughs> throughout the season we will see the have-not room, but we will not really discuss people being have-nots and or that they're only eating slop. You know what I'm saying? Like, once in a while we'll hear that. But it used to be much more of a prevalent situation. No, um, that's a good point, man. Yeah. Like, they normally, you don't see them complain anymore about it, remember? Like, it used to be like a big deal. Like, man, this sucks. They're losing. They're cranky. They're hangry. And I just watched recently the <clears throat> most recent, no, two seasons ago of, of Big Brother Canada, I think 2022, whatever it was, or 21. And even before then, they bitched and moaned about all of that. And it, you know, they complain, cry consistently. And you're right. The last few seasons, you don't, you don't see that anymore. It's like, are they even on slop? I know, <laughs> it's not a big deal, and and we don't get any footage of them complaining about it or anything. I think it used to be better when, because like now, I feel like it's peanut been butter like this. jelly. Pardon? <laughs> I said peanut butter jelly. Oh, and a peanut butter jelly. Uh, poor Danielle Reyes. She hasn't eaten a peanut butter jelly sandwich since she left Big Brother. <laughs> Originally, uh, but no, I think before it was better instead of like who wants to volunteer when it was when you lost the competition. Like, remember, it was yeah. like, usually it was the HOH competition. The first four people that you know are out the HOH competition, you have nots, and so it does what you say, you know. Unless you want to be a have-not, you're not going to throw the competition. You're going to try to do your best. And if you are the first four, I mean, you're stuck with being a have-not. And so, A, you're disappointed in yourself for fucking up that competition and not making it to the end. And number two, now you're even more pissed because you're a have-not. No, I, I completely uh, I agree with that. I yeah. think And do America's vote. to do without choosing... Again? Remember, and do America's votes. Like, they used to always do America's oh, votes. Like, vote yeah. for what thing to add to the have-nots, you know, that they can eat. You know, jalapenos, um, squid, uh, cow brains or something. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, yeah, no, I think that would be smarter on their part to get it more involved. Again, i got to talk about Big Brother Canada because apparently they've been doing something right consistently, which is why they probably why they have a giant budget is because they uh, – they involve the audience more. So it's, and I, you know what I, I forgot to talk about? I, man, I don't like that there's no live audience. It really bothers me. There was I supposed like... to be. Like, I read that they were ready for a live audience. Um, my assumption would be maybe it would be a little too distracting for the house guests premiering. But my hope is that this Thursday there's a live audience. Uh, I feel I... like, you know... We're at the point where talk shows have live audiences, and the live audiences aren't even masked anymore. Um, I understand why there wasn't before COVID protocols and all that sort of thing, but I feel like we've gotten to the point to where we can have a live audience. And if I were a betting person, I would say there will be a live audience there Thursday. Well, my thing was, it's the 25th, 25th year, right? Whatever it is, the 20, and yeah. right, 25. Season twenty five, yes. Uh, that's a, I thought like that's a special one. Even if you had like thirty people, it still sounds really loud because they're going to be cheering, you know, their hearts out. It's like you could have had something 
for that. But I always, and I, I know you have the writer's strike. I know you have all this stuff going on, which is actually what supposedly delayed the start of the season to begin with. But having that little factor, like a little bit of a, you know, old school, because I felt like I, I fed into a premiere that feeds into an eviction night. It's just having that live audience and interaction. I feel like Big Brother has, I mean, you can blame pandemic. It was right before the pandemic, so the way the show was going. It kind of pulled away from audience interaction and more like, hey, this is the show we decided to go with, and we're going to kind of keep the same formula. And I felt like they could they could see that, hey, it's not working anymore. And I feel like that's why the season is so different. But I really hope, like you said, they bring back the live audiences. And it would be great to see on Thursday if that's true. That's my hope. Well, we have to remember the season was pushed late because usually it starts – at the start of July, as opposed to the start of August. It was pushed late, yes, because of uh, the writer's strike, but it was because CBS needs content. And, uh, you know, if they would have started it on time, it would have been over by the end of September. But since they don't really have a slate, at least I don't think they have any originals ready to air in the fall. Um, I could be wrong. I don't really follow CBS like that outside of really Big Brother. You know, you know what's crazy? Mm-hmm. I I wonder if that's the reason why now, because of the writer's strike, and it could make sense, is why Survivor is now 90 minutes long for the season instead of its hour. That could be it as well. Because in my mind, I thought to myself, why isn't Big Brother longer? Like, I know sometimes said. there really isn't much to show. <laughs> But I'm like, why isn't it longer? Like, why wasn't the premiere of Big Brother two hours? Like, we've had two-hour premieres in the past, and maybe it might have flowed a little bit better um, if had it been two hours. But I'm thinking to myself, why aren't we getting longer episodes? There is a writer's strike. They don't have that much content. Like, I don't mind an hour-and-a-half episode every night of Big – not every night. Well, every night that Big Brother airs. I don't mind an hour and a half episode. Like, there is enough that's going on. Uh, Like, I've been reading, you know, live feed updates, and that house is crazy right now. You you know what I like? I feel like this group seems more energized than last year's group. Am I wrong? Or am I biased? I feel like there's there's just so much more than wanting gameplay. What what are your thoughts on the, the way this house feels compared to last season, unless we're just... You know, I'm just aching for New Big Brother, but how do you feel that the dynamic has been different? I think you're aching for New Big Brother. I think the dynamic is different. It's not the same in in, in a sense. I mean, clearly, because we didn't have – we don't have at least yet um, – I am keeping my eye on you, Cameron, because of some stuff that you've <laughs> been saying in the house. But um, we don't really have that many problematic, like hard problematic people in the house. Um, it's very different to, I mean, I should say it's very difficult to compare last season to this season because, um, at the very start of the, the, the season, um, one individual was being targeted for no reason. Um, microaggressions yeah. and stereotypes and this or the other were being used against this one person. And it made the beginning of the season very difficult to watch because it was clearly uh, a targeting type of situation and it just, it wasn't a good experience. Number one for Taylor and number two for us as the audience rooting for Taylor. Um, So I, I think it's difficult to compare if we were to jump ahead a little bit um, I think everybody was playing the game hard. You know, once you got, like, 
you know, like the bad apples out. Um, I think everybody was playing hard. I think what's a little different maybe this season from maybe the cookout season might be a little bit of a better comparison. Um, not everybody from that season was like a hardcore Big Brother super fan. Like, there were some yeah. people that I remember just when I was reading recaps of the live feeds, you know, a couple of them actually admitted that they were recruited to be on the show, that they weren't really fans, that they had heard of oh. it, but they hadn't watched it before. Like, there have been contestants in the past that. that have been recruited, and uh, that affects the game in a certain way. I feel like the majority of the people this season, and I could be wrong, but I feel like the majority of them are actual fans of the show, and they're playing hard. They're people that are on BB Twitter, and, you know, because they're pulling catchphrases and stuff from BB Twitter. America has done that. Izzy has done that. So I think we actually have a good group of people that are true, hardcore fans of the game, for the most part. Now, maybe there are some of them, a couple of them that are recruited. I don't know. But it looks like the majority of them are actually playing hard. No, well, I agree with you. I, I, that's, that's why I brought that up. I just, I, I feel like I, I see more of a gameplay and the conversation gameplay wise, rather than rather than just, oh, it's a cool vacation. I'm glad, I'm glad to be here. That's it. That is true. Yes, I agree with you on all of that. Okay, so let's talk about the HOH competition. BB Comics has yeah. invaded. The HOH competition, the BB Comics verse is here, and uh, the HOH competition is one that we've seen before. It's the balance beam competition where you have to go from one side to the other side. The, there are a couple of beams, um, well, I should say there are three beams, different colors. Uh, one of them is a little thicker than the rest, and they get, get, they get thinner and thinner. Um, you know, the other two and that sort of thing. So you have to sort of pick which path you're going to take because it's BB Comics-ified. There are uh, swinging obstacles that are in your way. Yeah? And, uh, yeah, so it's it's the one that we've seen before. It no, seems true. a lot of... Uh, Fun to do, in my opinion. Like, I like this competition. I like that they switched it up by adding the... What did I call them? Um, pendulums of Death. The Pendulums of Death. <laughs> I'm glad that they added the Pendulums of Death. <laughs> and uh, Riley ends up winning um, by by getting a fantastic score of, like, what was it? Like, 20 seconds or something or less? 16 seconds. 16 dude. seconds. It was 16. 16.23 yes, nice. is ridiculous. It was nuts. Uh, but, yeah, it was, it was fantastic. It was, it was such a good competition. I like this one. I don't mind this one being reused every season. Like, I think it's a good one. And the way that they switched it up by adding, uh, you know, the Pendulums of Death, as you said, uh, <laughs> actually worked, I think. Also, props to Hysum, because he almost won. Like, he did it very, very good. Like, props to him with the burlesque. Because I would assume that that kind of helped the balance and the agility and that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, that was... He did fantastic. If Riley had not swooped in, like, he would have won. Because I don't think anybody would have uh, beaten him, um, you know, 
then Riley came in, but she clearly did. But you know what I'm saying? Like, when he did yeah. that, I was like, that number is way too low. And then she just knocked him out the park. What did you think of the competition? And uh, you really were feeling Riley in Ooh, uh, the previous episode. You. So Perfect. did you like that she won HOH? Yes, I really did. It was interesting, right? Because everyone kept saying, oh, I don't want to win. Oh, I don't want to win, right? And I say, okay, that's typical, right? You don't want to win the first HOH. But I feel like, and I think we brought it up last week, was this was the one to win because you're not putting anybody up. You know what I mean? There's technically less blood on your hands. And as we learned, uh, the power is to take two two people off. And again, we predicted correctly that by Thursday, there would only be two nominees. So... By saving two people, you're essentially gaining favor. Yes, it's potentially of the two people you left being upset, but you could always shake that off to like, well, if one person's evicted and you know they're going to be gone, you just tell the other one, hey, you're safe, don't worry about it, and you still gain essentially uh, that ally. But Riley, she impresses me more and more because I liked her a lot because her personality, it's so genuinely down to earth. It's not mean girl. It's not full of herself. She doesn't think high my She has genuine fun you can tell she's being her and that's what i like a lot of, about a lot of these house guests it feels like it's them and it doesn't feel forced it doesn't feel like i'm trying too hard to like to be cool or be this different persona and in this one man she flew and it was funny because i even told my wife man if i was realistically going to do this i would try to go top speed on the the thickest one because when you kind of look at it it's not really that long it was just a little intricate like the way the the different uh, paths were going. So when I saw her fly, I was like, oh, man, she killed it. And what's good is she played it good when she became HOH. She had conversations with basically every single person. And the power of being an HOH the first time is you have all those big, important conversations first because, A, you're HOH. Two, you want the HOH's great favor. And three, it shows that if this person is competitive and is willing to talk with me she can make friends easily across the board with how easygoing she already is and potential is to strike up those great relationships immediately where all the other people you already have who they met you know night one night two but it takes time to develop and cultivate those conversations and alliances potentially and everything that's going on but with her being hoh already being easy to talk to and go with so many people have talked positively about her it could, I see her, man. She can continue this. She can last very long in this game. I mean, quickly, what are your thoughts, you know, what I'm saying about Riley? And who did you, uh, what did you think of the competition as well as a format for these players? Kind of like, man, I'm not going to win it. I'm going to throw it. I thought that was kind of funny in itself. But what are your thoughts on it? I thought the competition was good. This is one of those competitions where you really don't know who's going to win. And we discussed this in the previous podcast because we were like, what is the next competition going to be? Because we sort of talked about like the much more athletic guys winning because we thought it would be a physical competition. And this is a physical competition, but it's a physical competition that's almost like a crapshoot because you don't really know who is going to win. Like, you know, sometimes people that do the really thin beam end up winning. Uh, But this time around, it was the thicker beam. And, you know, they just did it really fast. And that's how uh, Riley ended up winning. 
Um, so the competition, I think, is really good. Once again, as I said, the, the addition of the obstacles, kind of remixing it a little bit, ended up making it just a hair more complex, which I really, really liked. Uh, once again, I'm just putting it out there. It's the start of the season. I know the competitions are already made, probably. But my hope is that we get returning competitions remixed. It is season 25. But I don't just want returning competitions from, like, the past five seasons. Because this is a more, uh, like, recent competition. Like, I want old-school competitions back. Like, I want the competition where people had to, like, find the letters and spell a word, and you had to spell it correctly. Like, you know, I want the ones where you have to, like, get down into, like, the sticky stuff, and, like, you know, I, I want crazy competitions that we haven't seen maybe in, in ten-plus seasons to come back. That is my hope. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want, yeah. like, classic competitions, throwback competitions back. I'm just putting it out there. This is our second podcast. Maybe someone will listen and be like, you know what? Maybe we should look <laughs> into, you know, season five's competition. I don't know. You know, mm-hmm. before we move on, yes. one competition I really enjoyed. It's really old. It's the hula hoop and the flamingo. It's ring toss with the hula hoops trying to get the flamingos, you know, and then the lowest number whatever person or distance gets out. That's the one I think, I think Dan Geasley, I don't know, it's a really old comp. I like comps like fun, comps like that. I thought those were were pretty cool. And also, I can't remember now what the competition was, but remember, like, they had to go outside and they had to, it's the one, oh, it's, it's the one, was it the one? Now I'm getting confused. Because I know that there's the one where you have to look at the stuff, and it's, like, a tiny thing, but then it's, like, a big amount of things. Like, I, that's the one that I'm confusing it with this one. I don't think it's the same one. I feel like there's one where they went outside, and they had to place bets. And then if you lose the bet, you have to eat something really, really strange. Like, a survivor type of strange, like, food. That's like, really old. I think remember, I know what you're oh, talking they used about. to, like, slushy it up, right? They would mix yes. the stuff oh! in the blender. Yes, yes, and you had to finish it. Yes. Yes. Or not, there's like a penalty or something, you're out or something like that. No, no, yeah. Maybe I'm mixing a lot of competitions saying it, but I do remember there was a blender. There were weird food concoctions. Yeah, because they all had their favorite, no, they all had their favorite meal. And then they're like, okay, here you go. Everyone got it. Then they're like, now we're going to blend it all together. And they're like, what? So somebody had like ribs and fries or whatever, and it's all blended. Somebody had a milkshake and a steak with the potato salad, and they blended it. Yeah, we need to get crazy about. stuff like that. Like, I want to see them eating crazy shit. Like, I'm just saying. They might not be on an island, but they can bring the crazy food to them. I'm just saying. <laughs> like, yeah. that was entertaining. It's entertaining for us. It might not be entertaining for them. Because you know, they might have to <laughs> sit on the porcelain throne for a moment. But they got a bidet there, so, you know, but have fun with it. I know. Yes. Fancy. They're moving on up, big brother. <laughs> exactly. As far as Riley being HOH, as of right now, via what we saw on the show, I am okay with it. Like, I like her. I like her personality. Like, I, I read the live feed, so I know, like, some of the craziness that's in the house. Um, so, uh, I, I don't want to dive too deep into that. Because and you know what's crazy? I, I don't reach a live feed. I know that's where I always got it. Usually from you, then I would kind of go, I like to, to be surprised initially and then kind of like after the fact, go back, you know, to get more, you know, information of that episode, what happened that day. Well, there's a lot that's yet to come. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> 
There's a whole, the, there's like a whole split house situation. Before we get into all of that, let's talk about the first, well, it's being dubbed the first alliance. The first alliance of the season, Phalanx 5. It is Luke, Jared, Riley, Matt, and Kirsten. And it just so happened because they were all in the gym together and they were all planning on working out at 5 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, it doesn't really turn into anything. Kirsten really is the only one that is like, yes, you know, this is our alliance. Everyone else is kind of like, at least via their diary room session, you know, we just sort of did it because we were there. You know what I'm saying? And that sort of thing. And that does come back to bite Kirsten in the ass. Because, I mean, the next section of the episode, once Riley was crowned HOH, should have been called It Starts With a K. Because Kirsten immediately became the target because she was kind of trying to do too much. You know, she had this Phalanx 5... And then she was going to Sari, and she was going to Miss Felicia, and she was going all over the house, you know, trying to solidify herself in the game. Which, I mean, let's be for real. You kind of need to do that. Um, it's just difficult when you're doing that, and it looks like you're going at it too hard. And I guess for her fellow house guests. It looked like she was going too hard with it. Um, yeah, I, like I don't know how she would have not looked like she was going too hard with it. Like maybe she waited an additional day. I don't know. Um, but you do want to try to save your butt. So I feel for Kirsten, and I understand what she was trying to do. It just came off. It was a little too much, maybe too soon, for a lot of the house guests. Uh, so, what did you think of, yeah, I was about to ask you, what did you think of Kirsten immediately becoming a target? I, I feel so bad. And I think we talked about, I, again, bring up last week when we talked, there's people that try to go too fast and too bad for her. Her paranoia got to her and that happens, right? You're by yourself with strangers in a house and all right, by yourself with strangers sounds contradictory but it's true and so she was on the block and then you make it awkward like she's it's very selfish now don't get me wrong any alliance is selfish right realistically you have really your own interests at heart when you join alliances for protection that's selfish that's self-preservation but she went about it like it was so awkward like hey alliance right guys like hey we're here talking why not do an alliance and it's like yeah you're saying that because you're on the block you know what I mean? It wasn't pre-done had it been, like, before she was nominated, so to speak, or or she was not nominated at all. And that's where it makes it odd. And then this is where I, I talk about Dr. Will, uh, Dan Geasley. I'm going to bring him up to the season because it's the way you deliver a message. It's the way you speak. And when she went to Sari, she sold the story. Hey, I got you. They always vote out the older people. I got you. She went to Felicia. Hey, they vote out the older people, but I got you. It's like, no, she just wanted to, if she just would have gone like, hey, you know, have a conversation, get to know them. I was like, hey, I, you know, I'm, it sucks I'm on the block, but 
you know, if I got your back, that would be kind of cool. Like, there's a different way to have gone about it than to be very direct or kind of fake in a sense. Like, you're trying to strike chords with these people, but like, hey, I don't want them to vote you out because you're old, you know, but I got you. If she, she just would have been like, you know, been more a little more real. I felt like she was trying too hard to create, like, a bond in, like, five minutes, which is, you know, again, you're in self-preservation mode, but there's got to be a way to do it. And because she kept doing that, it got other people thinking, hey, what is she doing? And what was worse, and this is going to be her, this was her downfall, and this was maybe would have been different had it not happened. But since Sari and Jared are, an, you know, mother and son, Sari was sold on her, on Kirsten, Kirsten, excuse me. And then Jared's like, uh-uh, let me tell you the whole story. This is what happened. This is what happened. This is what happened. And then Felicia brought up a good point. If Kirsten's going all around the house trying to create these deals or, like, she wasn't in the lines, you should have told them if you're truly going to be an idol. And then again, realistically, right, you don't want to reveal you're in lines. But she would have been like, hey, I heard about this. There's a way she could have used it to her advantage. But I felt like what kind of hurt her game was her paranoia play and two – I think Jared was the nail in her coffin that kind of solidified it. But at the same time, it's good because Jared was on the block too. And Felicia also knows she's on the block, but this helped Jared point the fingers at her. And what was better, he had such a great conversation with Riley. It was so good that even Riley confided in Sari saying, I'm going to take Jared down for sure because he's a, you know, I feel comfortable with him. I feel good. And then Sari, the Dude, mom, I mean, her was, line, like, I, I like Jared too. Like, I would want my kids to hang out with Jared. When she said that shit, I was like, oh my God, you're the queen. Like, that's so a good. taste of her skill. Look at the way she delivered it because she believed it. It's believing the lie you tell. I believed it. Like, believe... who the fuck is Jared? <laughs> like, oh, wait, that's yeah, her son. Exactly. And she's so smooth about it. That's why in Traitor, she was so good and convincing. Survivor, same way. So I think, ah, oh, Kirsten, man. I just, I feel bad for her, but it's kind of her own doing. I feel bad again, for her. It, it is her right? own doing, though. Like, something that happened on the live feeds. Listen, I'll be, I'll be honest, because I'm going to talk about the live feeds, but I, I don't. I don't want to misrepresent how I watch the live feeds. I don't actually watch the live feeds. Like, I am on BB Twitter. I go to the various, uh, you know, profiles that actually do, do like, a uh, breakdown of everything that's going on. And I watch clips of it, and this, that, or the other. I also go to this website, mortystv.com. I've gone to Morty's TV since... I think BB6, like the Janelle season, the first Janelle oh, wow. season. So it's been a long time, um, and that's one that I use. Hamster Watch I use as well. So I, I get my information from various different sources, and they're checked. You know, it isn't just, you know, people giving their opinions about stuff. It's like the stuff that actually goes down in the house. And I do remember reading that Kirsten, I mean, she was going all over the house, like being a social butterfly, but also like just going hard at like, you know, oh, we're good and this, that, or the other. And I think that also rubbed the house wrong because like there was a point where like the entire house was talking about Kirsten. So unfortunately, like if you're looking at it and you're looking at it black and white, there is a parallel to last season in the sense that 
a black woman is being targeted. The difference is last season, like Taylor had done nothing. It was yeah. all microaggressions. It was stereotypes. It was racism that was being used against her. And this time around, it really is Kirsten's doing. Like, she kind of went a little bit hard. Sari did this really good conversation with her that I hope they show on the episode uh, uh, next time where she kind of breaks down where she thinks Kirsten kind of fucked up. And, I mean, she gives her, like, the like the real real. Like, it was very interesting <laughs> to watch. Um, yeah. And also, there is a certain point, though, where Kirsten kind of realizes that Jared and Sari kind of threw her under the bus as well, because that kind of happened. I mean, we saw that oh. in, in this episode. So, I don't know if we're going to well, see it, but... Finds out, that would make good television right there. I man. hope and, they show it, yeah. I and hope and they just show to it. bring it back to the original, the failing five, we knew, man, it... The fact that they had the diaries, the fact that it was like, the fact when they said it came out of nowhere, that's not how it formed, you know what I mean? And I knew it was destined to fail, so you can count it as an alliance. I count it as a fake alliance or a pretend alliance because it only has one member, and that's Kirsten. (laughs) Yeah, poor Kirsten. It was awkward. (laughs) Although, I mean, there have been alliances in the past where the first four in this house, you know, let's align. You know what I'm saying? Like... There have been alliances like that, but yeah. But this one felt, I mean, like it, it like fell apart like in an hour. Like it was quick. Like it was quick. At least the I other ones were like a that. day, maybe, or like they pretend for maybe a week, you know. And this one was like the same day it died. Yes. Yeah. All right. So Riley is H O H, and we do get a nomination ceremony, but it's basically a denomination ceremony. So, Jared, Corey, Felicia, and Kirsten are on the block, and the two that are removed are Jared and Corey. So, Felicia and Kirsten remain nominated, and it appears as if Kirsten is the target. Now... I'm going to stop you right there. Okay, I have a question of my own before I forget. So... Corey was not your favorite. How, what did you think of his speaking skills? He says one of the best. Get him out of this one. What, what would you rate it? I don't you know, know if I would. A to mm-hmm. B. I mean, I, would, I guess I'd give him a B. Like, I did not mind Corey in this episode. So this might be one of the situations where first impressions, you know, were... Um, were different than actually seeing him in the game. I didn't mind him. He is very young. He he does feel like he is, you know, this great persuader. I mean, clearly this is going to be his shtick in the diary room. I get it. You know, everybody has, you know, sort of like their shtick that they do in the diary room. We all remember Butterbeans um, oh, and what she would do in the diary room. So, like, once you have a shtick, you're, you're, you do it in the diary room. Like, I get it. It's part of your character traits. Uh, but I didn't mind him in this episode as much. And I found his conversation with Riley to be really genuine. So, although, you know, personally, I would I would like him to remain on the block. I just feel bad for Kirsten. And I think that's why, I, you know, I mean, clearly she was not going to come off the block. I get it. But I feel bad for her. And I wish that um, she could get a little bit of a do-over. Because, um... Clearly, 
you know, she just, she went at this whole situation the wrong way. I don't want Miss Felicia to go. Like, she is crazy in a good way. Like, I, I just, like her, man. I've seen clips of her. Uh, she fell in the hot tub. Uh, <laughs> she didn't get hurt, but, like, there's a clip of it, and, like, all you hear is her go, ah! And then you hear, bloom splash. <laughs> like, you hear the microphone, like, basically get engulfed by water. And it's crazy. <laughs> and apparently, over the course of four days, she's ruined three microphones. <laughs> One of them oh, fell lady. in the toilet. I mean, it's a whole situation. And she has this crazy, boisterous laugh that all you can do when she laughs is laugh with her. Like, she is... She's perfection she's so wonderful i can't have her leave ever she's so good the crazy laugh and i feel bad i I don't i have a horrible laugh i admit it but was it i forget i I can't pronounce the name is it heisem yeah he has a crazy laugh too just wait till miss felicia's laugh that's even better it seems fake. The, I mean, it's real. Don't get me wrong. But it seems like those fake ones you get online or you, someone tries to pretend that they're fake laughing. You know what I mean? Like exaggerating. Yeah. Like it was just, man. I, I mean, I laughed too. Cause I go, I, again, I can admit I have a horrible laugh. But his was very funny. And it was very different. I had never heard a laugh like that. Yes, but you have not heard a laugh like Miss Felicia's. I can't wait. She I'm laughs waiting. with her whole body. It's so good. These oh people are God. loud in this house. That's something that the, the the live feed watchers have been saying. Like this is like one of the loudest well, houses well, dude, ever. Kirsten was loud herself. I think was I can't remember if it was Red or someone else. Also, I I caught little moments like you can hear them when someone's trying to have a conversation. Yeah, is so right. loud too. Oh, yeah, oh, yes. That's why when you brought up a good point, like, did anyone hear her at the beginning when she bum-rests Jared? Because you're right, she has a loud, like me, I have a, I have a natural loud voice. But, man, like, when someone's having a conversation, you still pick up everyone talking super loud. Normally, right, it's, like, a little bit lower or production can bring it down. But I feel like even when they try, you can still hear it a lot. Yeah, these are loud motherfuckers. I forget <laughs> who was in the storage room, but Bowie Jane was walking by and uh, she ended up actually telling them, like, hey, listen, like, I wasn't listening to what you were saying, but I could hear you guys outside oh, of the storage yeah. room. So if you're having a private conversation, like, you might want to keep it down a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a whole situation. It really is. Okay, so you don't watch the live feeds, but I do want to incorporate some live feed stuff in the podcast because the listeners might be interested in this and we're recording this on a monday typically at least for the listeners out there typically uh during the week we will be recording like right after big brother airs so uh, when we do our wednesday and thursday night recording we will be recording it right after the episode airs and when that moves to uh, tuesdays and thursdays we will be recording it uh, more than likely, right after that episode airs. Uh, The Sunday one, we will be recording on Mondays. So it's not going to be right after, but that does afford things to happen in the Big Brother house that clearly were not in the episode. As of right now, it looks like the house is split. There is one side of the house, Riley and her people, and then there's the other side of the house, which is Sari and her people. I look forward Ooh. to seeing how that is expressed in the episode when it actually 
heirs. Uh, like my, I mean, I mean, I think, I would think that in the next episode they're gonna have to see. They're gonna have to not see, but they're gonna have to start expressing the division in the house. Interestingly enough, Jared is on the other side, and he is kind of like Ceres double agent. I mean, that's perfect, man. I mean, yes. that's what I, was, I would assume that, right? Like, you want them close, you don't want them too close. Hey, but real quickly, just a snippet. Did I hear correctly when I said Ceri, Jared told Ceri that they're noticing we're not talking enough? Yes. Okay, so we, that was a very interesting observation that I wonder, I can't remember how Jared found that, but that's a good point. You know, what do you think on how they're going to be able to kind of be covertly conversating, but not too much, not too little, and... I almost thought that was could have been a quick red flag. What do you think? I like that he was told that. I don't know who said it. Like, I would have loved to find out who said that. Um, maybe it was Izzy. You know what I'm saying? I was thinking, maybe right? Izzy was, like, observing them and was like, y'all aren't really talking, and it's a little bit obvious. Um, because, And I think that's a good tip if it was Izzy, just because – He's already you paying dividends, man. Exactly. Like, you don't want to seem, you don't want to stand out. And something like that will stand out because you're all strangers. And if two of the strangers are not talking, that sort of paints a target on you, or at least it puts a spotlight on you. So I like that he was told that, and I like that they course corrected. And, you know, they don't have to be buddy buddies in the house. You know what I'm saying? Like, they don't have to publicly be buddy buddies. But, you know, at least chat and have fun with each other and that sort of thing. And don't say ma. I'm just saying. Yeah, and considering she's a celebrity, right? Why would you not talk to her? Exactly. Well, unless you're not a Survivor fan, you know, or you don't know much about Survivor. Like, True. Oh, but you brought up a good point when he goes ma, and Suri was like, huh? <laughs> no, like, I think I think she died there for like half a second. Oh, she was like, what? I, I know we passed it. I really want to get your thoughts on that first interaction. We didn't even talk about that. What, what, what was your reaction when you first saw Sari finding out that Izzy already knows and Jared's trying to explain the situation to her. Well, I mean, I think she did the best that she could, you know, kind of like how we discussed in the sense that they're forced into this alliance. They're kind of forced into an alliance with this woman. I mean, they're just now meeting her and she knows the truth and she's promising allegiance and silence and all this kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, I mean, she knows. And so it's like, you're kind of stuck with her. Uh, regardless, uh, my hope is that they're able to keep the secret for at least until until jury. My hope yes. is that Julie doesn't force the secret to be revealed. Um, I like I would like this one to be a much more natural. Let me reveal this oh, dude, in I'm my time versus like a, them using it as a Big Brother twist where they're forced to reveal it at a certain point. Like, I, I wouldn't mind yeah. if, if they don't wait until, um, or if I should say, I would not mind if they wait until finale night, whether Jared and Sari make it to finale night or not. But, like, that could be an announcement during the finale. Like, we, like I have an announcement to make, Julie. I played this game with my son. And then watching everybody react to that. I'll say this, man. I think there's a good chance if it's... Actually, we don't know, right? It's all about gameplay. But I feel like Sari could win it if she makes it to the end with whoever she goes with because it's just a huge target. I do. I agree with you on that. Like, she wasn't in my pick for who 
like we were kind of you know betting uh on like winning this game and i didn't want to include her just because i feel like she's the obvious choice and that sort of thing like uh, for the listeners that might have missed the previous podcast go back and listen to it it was actually entertaining uh we're fun people uh but um like we made our prediction we did a top three of who we think could win bb25 and uh i didn't want to include her because i felt like she was you know the obvious choice. Like, you included her, which is fine. Like, you know, we all work in different ways. But because I felt like she was the obvious choice, and I actually really liked the three that I picked. You know, because I did my research, I watched their interviews, I, you know, saw how they were premiere night, and I was like, you know, I like my three. But I also said, like, I would not mind Suri making it to the final two, and I would not mind Suri and Jared making it to the final two. Like, if they can do that, if you can survive the odds and all this kind of stuff... Like, props to both of you, and props to you, Sari, because Sari entered this house with the most gigantic target. And if we're being fully honest, like, all of these motherfuckers are stupid. Like, they're all dumb. Like, as much as I hate saying this, because I don't want her to leave, but the smartest move is getting Sari out. Yeah. That is the smartest move in this house. No one's doing it. No one's even thinking about it. And that's part of the wondrous nature that is Sari, that she makes you so comfortable with her that you don't see her as a threat. Yeah, but the real, truth. the real, real, and I know CBS would be so fucking pissed. Like, they would have something where it was like a magical power where, like, you know, Sari gets eliminated and Julie's like, there's a weird button in this house. Who's going to touch the button? And someone touches the button and Sari just joins the house again. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> because they didn't do this twist just to have her be eliminated first. You know what I'm saying? They would yeah. pull some sort of something out of their something to, like, get Sari back in that fucking house. But anyway, as let me just continue to say this with, with the live feed. So the house is split. There are two sides. There are a couple of people that are kind of in the middle that aren't really on either side. So it isn't a full split situation. And uh, outside of that, the POV competition was played and Sari hosted it. And uh, Riley, Kirsten, Felicia, Hysom, Blue and Bowie competed. I do know who won. I will be announcing it. Do you have a guess? Just a random guess from those. No, I I, I read. Cause oh, I, you I know. Okay. Random. That one I do know because I get, like, notifications, right? And sometimes I'll read it. Just the notification. That's what I saw. Shout so out I to the notifications. Won. All right. Hi, someone. <laughs> okay, go on. And there was talk of using the power of veto. But... Hysom did not. Okay, so we did one big episode, so we're done. Okay, good, yes. (laughs) So, Miss Felicia and Kirsten are still nominated. We won't break this down even more because we have an entire other episode to see exactly how we got to this point. But um, it's interesting to see. And uh, it it looks like, you know, Kirsten sort of sealed her own fate. Yeah, that poor girl, uh, but, man. And that's everyone should watch this. If you ever want to apply, do not do what she did. Right. That is easier said than done, but you gotta rein it in, man. You can tell. Yeah. Everyone it kinda reveals some of like the inner emotions, how you work in real life. This is just sped up. 
That is true. You kind of learn from the situation. No, I agree with you 100%. Anything can happen in the Big Brother house. And we have seen things change and shift immensely over the course of 24 hours. But, I mean, it looks like she really sealed her fate. But once again... Oh, yeah, go ahead. My prediction before Wednesday episode, I'll say it again Wednesday, I think the last 24 hours before the eviction... I think there's going to be a lot of – I think a lot's going to go down because Kirsten does not look like someone that's going to go down without a fight. And I really feel like that's going to happen, and I cannot wait to see it. Which, that'll either seal her fate even more, or that might get people questioning stuff. We're going to have to wait and see. Now, one thing that I do want to reference is a very weird theory that people have online about what's going to happen Thursday. Now, Julie okay. clearly said – well, I should, you know what? Let me go through the calendar of stuff before we get to Thursday. So Wednesday, we will be dealing with uh, the POV, and uh, we'll be seeing – well, we know who if the nominee is saved or not. So that we'll be seeing the POV situation on Wednesday. And then Thursday, Julie said there will be the first live vote and eviction of the season. Some people online, they have this strange theory. There's also that strange pink and blue theory that I mentioned from – BB Twitter last time that was not something, but I'm mentioning this just in case. Some people think because Julie mentioned, and you picked up on this, you mentioned this when we podcasted last, that Julie said house guests in regard to more house guests and that sort of thing. Some people think there's an 18th house guest. Some people think that there maybe is an 18th house guest out there and that they might join the game on Thursday. Some people are also thinking, theorizing that maybe there won't be an eviction on Thursday because of this mysterious 18th house guest. And some people are also thinking that, you know, Riley will be allowed to play HOH again because this HOH will kind of be null and void because of a potential twist. I remember I mentioned that last week. You mentioned something similar to it, elements of it. But some people are specifically saying that there won't be an eviction because of this twist. There is no proof to it outside of Julie just saying, you know, when she was like, there might be more house guests and this, that, or the other. She could have just said that, and it could have just been Sari. You know what I'm saying? Like, she said house guests to keep it vague. But um, let's let's be realistic though. Yes, it's a hundred days. That's a whole people don't realize it's a whole extra month of gameplay. There, ha- and that's why I, I even brought up the point to when she said there's more house guests, and you said the same thing, right? Oh, maybe it was just Sari, right? There's no way. I feel like there, there there's truth to that theory. I'm bank I'm betting on that theory. You would have to get whether it's one, two, or chance for like four to go in. Maybe some legends or other people, and then only one comes in, or there's an America's vote. Out of five, one gets voted in or two, but there's definitely going to be more. That is what I'm betting on for sure, because you don't have a whole extra month of Big Brother and not have another house guest. Well, it's not a month have... of Big Brother. It's like maybe seven to ten days of Big Brother, because they oh, have no, been doing 90-episode seasons. Not, not 90-episode, 90-day seasons. Oh, why did I think 80? I don't know why I thought 80. You have to remember, it's three months, uh, about three months. You know, it started in July, yeah. August, and it went to not all of September, but like the 20-something of September. So that's about like 80 to 90 days. Okay, well, because 80, again, it's a whole 20 days. But no, that's okay. That's, that's a good point. I still think there's going to be more. 
That's my. That's what I'm thinking. Because you wouldn't just say that and then not even announce Suri. Because what I hated about the premiere was Suri was such an afterthought because they had no time. Yeah, we didn't like, really oh, get the Suri reaction. It's like here's Suri. Credits. <laughs> like, okay, bye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I. Ugh. I don't think we're not going to have an eviction. I think, sorry to say it, I think Kirsten's gone. But, I do think we're going to have a battle back situation. 100%. And I think it's going to be the first four eliminated. So Kirsten might have a chance to come back. Nah, she's done. No, she, she <laughs> could battle back. I'm saying. I mean, that's true, right? Anyone can actually win. Your Anyone can win awesome. a battle back. It depends on what the, the thing is. It could be, you know, uh, the the you know, the ball thing, and you gotta you know, it's got to get into the hole. That's a crapshoot one. Like anybody can win that one. So, yeah. you know, she could come back. Uh, it depends on who the next three uh, evicted are as well. But I think we're gonna get a battle back situation with her. I think that's gonna be the twist. So, uh, I don't know. I don't think another person's gonna join. I almost don't even like the idea of another person joining. Like, if they were going to do surprise people joining, they should have all they should have done all of that on premiere night. Well, just because I, I think I, it's a little unfair because it's a week into the game, and in my opinion, and I know it's an unpopular one, and I will probably bite myself in the ass for saying this because if it's a person that I want to come back, I'm not going to want them to leave. But I feel like it's so obvious if someone new joins the game, you kick them the fuck out. You know what I'm saying? Like, you get them out, you nominate them, and you get them the hell out of that house because they were not there as long as you were, and that's a bit unfair. That's one of the things that I've never really understood about, like, Celebrity Big Brother in the UK. Like, they would have celebrities come in, like... A month into the game. And I'm like, I would be thinking to myself if I was in the house, do you think I'm letting you stay here until the end when I've been here a full month and I've been surviving? Like, I don't find that shit fair. So my hope is that it's a battle back situation. I, I'm going to disagree with you. Okay. I like the idea of somebody being added in. Now, you're right. They're going to be targeted, number one, and more than likely, right, they're gone because the easiest thing, right, it becomes a, a common enemy, my enemy, the enemy of my enemy is my friend or whatever, however the saying goes. But I watched Big Brother Canada, again, I'm going to bring them up every time. They did a really good thing. When they brought in a new player, I think after a week, I want to say the longest was like they're out of a week. It was they gave them a immunity for that week only so they wouldn't be kicked out right away them time right to build up the relationship and what i would like to see because like you said even with battlebacks right they've more times than not they've been the first ones out because they're like well we already got rid of them right let's just do it again let's blow in their hands right again in big brother canada they gave the person that came back a weak immunity now when they won the battleback they had to win another challenge to get that immunity for that week which i liked they had to earn it it wasn't just given to them and i think they should do that if they do a battle back because it's such an easy target. But I would like, I would like somebody brand new. I feel like with this group, it'll be very interesting to see how that would actually play out. Now it could be predictable, like you said, first one's in, last one's in, first one's out, lifo. But I would love to see somebody brand new. 
in the house. I think it just kind of shakes things up a little bit more. I disagree. I just think it's unfair <laughs> if it's uh, like I could let it slide if it's a week into the game. I think it's very unfair if it's like a whole month of gameplay and like someone new. Nah. So I hope Bring that doesn't happen. But I do like the idea, and I think they did that the most recent battle bag, that the person that joined the Big Brother house got immunity, and so they weren't able to be nominated. Um, I think that happened. I don't know. It's been a moment. Um, but I do like yeah. the idea of immunity and or earning immunity. You know, you earn the battle back, and then you can earn immunity as well. I think that is a good idea. Um, but yeah, I think 100% we're going to get a battle back situation. And if they want to spice things up and do like double or triple evictions and that sort of thing, um, you know, maybe there will be another battle back situation later on as well. <laughs> like, I don't mind a battle back. Like, have them all battle back, damn it. You know, yeah. I don't mind it. I hate when they wait to a jury to do the battle backs. It's like, no, they should do one in the beginning and then one towards the jury. I think that would be kind of cool. Exactly. All right. I feel like we've talked this episode out. I feel like we mentioned everything, but was there anything that I did not mention? Anything that you wanted to expand upon before we close this thing out? No, we hit everything and anything, to be honest. Like you, like I mentioned even before we started, it felt like such a quick episode, but there was so much given. It was a really good episode. Like, I'm not, it was better than I thought it was going to be when it came to the content given, and I just can't wait for Wednesday's episode. Absolutely. I agree with you on that. Even though we gave a little bit of a tease of what's to come, I am really curious to see how it plays out. That's one of the things about the live feeds. I mean, even though I don't watch it, I watch the clips and I read about it. You know, I might know what's going to happen, but I'm still excited to see how we got to that point. And so I'm here for it. I'm, I'm ready for it. So uh, join us next time for a brand new installment of Expect the Unexpected. Here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. Thanks, announcer. My co-host, my fellow house guest, please wish the listeners a good night. Good night, people. Thanks for tuning in. Subscribe to Expect the Unexpected via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. You can also download the entire series by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives from outside the Big Brother house at least virtually. Good night.